folks. Welcome to Two Feet Apart with me, your host, Peachy Patrick. Two Feet Apart is a space for individuals to learn that language matters, that words mean things, that to embrace diversity means to practice inclusivity within the LGBTQ plus Indigenous, people of color, and Black communities. To embrace diversity means to provide accessible practices for those who possess visible and invisible disabilities. It's a space to place egos in the crevices of our beings in hopes of broadening mental horizons to foster growth. It's a space to fuel mindfulness. It's a space to emulate vulnerability in the sharing of our stories because our stories are our greatest strengths and our strongest powers, our superpowers. With that in mind, happy listening. So you just launched your own podcast. Or you about to, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. So, um, we just wanted to do, I mean, it's with another small business friend and we wanted to do something really just for fun that we weren't focused on, you know, making money off of and branding and anything connected to sort of small business. We just wanted it for fun. So we're doing, um, we're looking at soundtracks and compilations that introduced us to the music that we've loved our whole lives. And we get to talk about music and movies and it's been awesome. That's awesome. I think um, one of the things online that really drew me to you is that you do a really awesome job of like highlighting and uplifting every other business owner. And I, I know that it's like labeled as small business, but I'm like, there's nothing small about it. Like you have to do everything. It's so much work. Um, and I think it's just like, you're such a ray of sunshine on the internet for me. Every time I see your like stuff, I'm like, (laughs) I love this. And I found so many awesome brands and like other individuals to support through your page that I would not have found otherwise. Thank you. I, I was just talking about this with another, another like entrepreneur. It's a, you know, we're working on our own, like we're working by ourselves all the time. So I Mm -hmm. think the only way I can kind of get through that as someone that is pretty extroverted is to just remind everyone about all of the amazing people around us. And I'm using air quotes over these last two years because we haven't really been able to be around anyone. Mm -hmm. So it's been, it's, it's, yeah, I think that's like my favorite thing is I always say like, I love my business, but the only thing I love more is like other people's business. I love it. That's so good. Well, thank you. Uh, And I actually found you. Um, I had gone to an event and you were one of the vendors there. And I had seen your jewelry and I was like, it looks so familiar. And I was like, where did I like, where did I see it from? And it's from um, I went to another event a few years ago and you had, I guess, gifted a piece of jewelry for a giveaway. And I had won the giveaway. Oh, yeah. And it was like my my favorite piece of jewelry. I didn't even know that. What was yeah. it? Do you remember? What um, was the one you It was won? like the coin necklace. Oh, cool. And what was yeah. that through? Um, it was through Elaine. Um, I'm trying to remember what it was called back then because she's changed the name of her company. Oh, um, Wiltshire. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's so amazing. And you know what is wild about that? Oh my gosh, this is such like a full circle. Um, Elaine was the first person that I ever did, like I ever did a market with. No way. Prior to working with her, I was yeah. like, no, no one would ever buy my stuff. Oh my I, I just make it for fun. And she, yeah. she was like, no, you need to do this market. And so, yeah, oh my it, gosh. it's wild. Yeah. 
that's that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, It's funny because that, like that giveaway package ended up being like a catalyst for major life changes for me because it also included like a reading with Emma Smallbone. And when I went, I was like, I'm thinking about moving to Alberta. And she's like, I'm saying you got to go. Like there's something you, there's a purpose for you to go out there. And so that's what started everything. So Wow. What a trajectory, Elaine. She's, she's something special. We all, we all knew that already, but yes, now it's just proven a wild. Yeah. And so you're at the balance and bliss um, podcast event and Mm -hmm. you were a vendor and I was like, I need to go and see what she's got in person because I've seen your stuff online every so often. And I'm like, I just want to like, look at it and whatever. And at the time I was like, I didn't even think I brought my wallet with me, um, (laughs) like a fool. Um, but then I'm looking at your work and I was like, Oh my God, I'm obsessed. Oh, thank you. That's where we connected. So I'm so glad that we did. Absolutely. Yeah. I was so hesitant about that event too, because I was really late. And then I pulled up and I was like, do I go in? Do I just leave? Do I go in? Like everyone's going to Oh my goodness. I was like, I'm just going to go. I'm so happy you did. So happy. (laughs) Me too. Um, So you create jewelry Mm -hmm. and it's really Mm -hmm. like such an art form. Um, You do like, can you tell us a little bit more about um, the work that you create? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I create custom crystal and brass jewelry. So I work with both raw brass and raw crystals. Um, I hand make everything. So everything from, you know, like a custom bar necklace or coin necklace that you can have stamped with, you know, important names or quotes or, I mean, like song lyrics, whatever you want. Um, And then I also work in raw crystals, which I do also offer customs. So I, I just, I had a beautiful, um, client that actually had a very special crystal that they had found after losing someone in their life. And we turned it into a necklace and just really special pieces. Um, so thank you for saying, you know, that, that they spoke to you as well. But, uh, I think my whole life jewelry has always meant so much. And I think like style and, style and like adornment say so much about who you are, but also like what keeps you going. So mm-hmm. my sort of brand, um, you know, my branding always says wear your why. And that's, that's my sort of purpose with jewelry is everything that I wear reminds me of the things that make me feel powerful or, you know, people that I love, things that I love. And I'm so happy I get to share it now. That is so beautiful. And I love the where your why. And it's funny because when I did finally place an order with you, you threw in like this gifted charm necklace. And it's one like I was like, I don't know if I could pull that off or if it's my style. I wear it every single day. I'm wearing it under this sweatshirt right now. And I just think it's so (laughs) like you incorporated my son, you incorporated this podcast in my business, like all of those things. And I now like exactly like you're saying, like I'm wearing my why, because then if I'm having one of those days, I'm just like, right, this is what I'm doing. Right. I know. And that, that charm necklace was actually, again, everything that I make, I sort of, it's, it's born out of things that I love. And then Mm -hmm. I just, I'm like, maybe someone will, maybe someone else will want this. I don't know, but I love those charm necklaces. I didn't wear it specifically on the podcast because it jingles, (laughs) but that's what I love, right? That's what I love about them is that you can also, it's like, you get to wear your why and kind of, if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling anything, you can fiddle around with it. It's like a, a, like I call them adult fidget spinners. It's like perfect. You Mm -hmm. just get to 
play around. So yeah. yeah. And I think that's, I absolutely love creating for other people. Surprising. Like I've <laughs> gift giving is my love language. As people say it 100% is, I just love yeah. surprising people because it is all of the accomplishments that we have got to watch each other have and do Mm -hmm. and grow over these last two years like we all deserve a damn gift for that like it's a big deal amen so yeah yeah. especially during the last few years so how did um I have so many questions how did the last few years (laughs) kind of affect and shape the way that you do business Oh, oh, that's a big, are we, are you ready for like a big answer? I'm ready. Cause I got yeah. a big one and yeah. I'm, I'm excited to talk to you about it. Um, because yeah, I mean, like when I started this business, it was, um, during a big life change, we moved from one city to another, um, based on my partner's, uh, job. He, he was offered a job here in Kitchener Mm -hmm. and we were just at sort of a crossroads where we couldn't say no. Um, I left a teaching job to move here. And so that was, you know, sort of, that's a big, um, it's a big difference in pay to go from a teaching, uh, you know, a regular teaching job to, uh, nothing, which was okay because it felt like the right move, but once we got here, it was sort of that opportunity to say, do I want to go back to supply teaching? Because it, within the education system in Ontario, if you if you leave one board and go to another, you sort of have to start all over. Mm-hmm. I knew I didn't want to go back to supply teaching. Um, so this was the chance to start the business. And my best friend encouraged me uh, and worked with me. And so, yeah, we sort of, it was born out of like, I was making things that I was gifting to people and I I make all kind of my own clothes, my own jewelry. I've always done that. So she suggested like, why don't we do this one summer and see what we can make happen? And Mm -hmm. that was part of the journey. So yeah, then, um, so when we started the business, we actually, and I, I realized just the other day that for a lot of new followers, they probably don't know this section of my brand story. And it's a big part of who I am, but also like what I think is so important for businesses, especially like white European settler businesses Mm -hmm. to think about in their branding, their marketing and their name choices, or just really product choices in general. Cause you and I have chatted quite a bit about, you know, like social justice issues and aspects of like equity diversity within social media and beyond. Mm -hmm. So when my best friend and I started this business, we started it under the name Young Huron because we lived in the neighborhood Old Huron. Because it was our rebirth, we wanted to, um, you know, we just sort of wanted to pay homage to that. So we were like, oh, it's not Mm -hmm. old, it's young, everything's new again. Um, And we worked under that name for about two years And, um, you know, I was still the same person I am now. I still am very vocal about amplifying all voices, like, um, amplifying like black indigenous people of color, voices, businesses, artists, everyone. Um, and I was connected with an indigenous artist in Montreal that called me in to consider our brand name, which Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, would, do you know, have we ever, we've never talked about this, you and I, right? (laughs) No, but when I got the coin necklace, it was Young Huron, which is why I was yes. so confused when I saw your art because I was like, so familiar. Right? Yeah. So 
so this is, and it's one of those, it's not, it's not anything that I shy away from, but it's, it's sort of like, I've, it's just, it's a part of my old brand and it was a lesson. Mm -hmm. So this, I had an, um, an indigenous artist call me in to consider, uh, they asked, are you, are you an indigenous business or anyone that you work with? And I said, oh no, like I, I'm a white, like settler, you know, business here within Kitchener. Um, but here's a number of businesses within Kitchener that are because there's so many incredible ones. And they said, okay, well, have you considered the fact that your name Young Huron could be then appropriating the Huron Nation considering, you know, you are living on Huron, like the Huron Nation former, mm -hmm. I should say at one point, this was um, land of the Huron Nation. And I thought, oh my God, like, no, I didn't. I, I hadn't considered mm -hmm. that. I didn't. It was something that as, um, as someone that I, I'm always interested in learning about, and I think it's very important for everyone to learn about the history of the land that they're living on. Um, it was one of those like moments where you say, holy shit, how did I let that go when we were mm -hmm. thinking of this? And so it was so, and I still am so grateful for that conversation that we had because um, it was an opportunity to, I, I should say, sorry, it was that opportunity to put that idea of it, your intent means nothing if you're not considering your impact into action. Yes. And so that day, right, that day I, I, I sat with it for 15 minutes and then basically was like, okay, it has, everything has to change. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what it has to change to. I just know that the minute a person lets you know that something you are doing is harmful, especially, right, especially as a settler here, someone like letting me know that mm -hmm. this could be considered harmful had to change without that defensiveness, without explaining all of the intentions behind it. No, the impact is all that matters. So um, I changed the brand name that day to YH because mm -hmm. I realized this was also something that needed time like I can't yes when you have a business like that was something again that people you know like my consigners my stockists were like well what are we supposed to do I'm like well here are all of the cards that you're we're going to change I will change them if we need to change them I'm like but it has to change and I don't really care about the financial impact because I care far more about the impact that this has on my community, but the indigenous community that could ever feel excluded from purchasing this. And then what that says to, I mean, just everyone as a whole about not just my brand, but me as a person mm -hmm. and the fact that I want to always do whatever I can to actively include everyone. And so yeah, it took a while to figure it out, but that's when I realized that coming into or coming back to just working under my own name was perfect. And now I feel like, you know, now I can just speak to exactly everything that I want in my voice with, with that lesson that I think, you know, as a business, it's, it's something that obviously I wish it didn't happen, but I'm grateful that I was, that I was given the opportunity to have the conversation and change and hopefully, you know, continue to actively try to be better. So that's my wow. very long answer to a question that I don't even really remember. The question was. <laughs> I have 
so so much respect for you Abby I think that is honestly amazing because first of all like having the business named after you gives you the credit that you deserve um well thank you you know and then but then also like what you said about intent versus impact is what keeps my business going that's like my whole thing is kind of being that person that makes sure that things are inclusive and things like that right and so um it's a really tough spot for a lot of people and most people will automatically get defensive um Mm -hmm. and well that's not what I meant but it's it doesn't matter what you meant it matters exactly came um Mm -hmm. And so I think that recognizing the impact that had and taking such quick action, um, especially when it is something that ends up being like a financial, like it adds a financial strain. um, Right. And then even during the pandemic and things like that, like it's something that a lot of people would have been like, oh, I hear you, but it doesn't, it's not really convenient for me. Um, But the fact that you were like, no, I'm going to take action. I'm going to change this. I'm going to make sure that that's like not part of the business is so incredible. Oh, well, thank you. And, and I think it is just one of those, I I remember I went and I I forget every time I, I should really just look up the name, but there was a, a yoga app that, that had been called in to consider the appropriation of their name based on a number of different things. And it was, it's important. Like those conversations are important to have, but those I think those conversations are also really important to have, especially as white run businesses, like openly, because mm-hmm. it's easy to brush that stuff under the rug. Like you just, you know, you archive a few posts and boom, mm-hmm. nobody's really paying attention after that. But I think that it, it is just so important to also remind people that like, you don't get to just, and this is something I've been talking about a lot as, as Canadians, we've mm-hmm. seen a lot of things change within the last few months. And right. it's important for people to remember that you don't get to slap an ally sticker on your profile or, you know, a little badge on the bottom of your website. If you're not actively trying to be like anti-racist, anti-sexist, anti-transphobic, all of those things, Mm -hmm. you don't get to just say it one time. It's something that you have to keep doing and it can be uncomfortable, but like it probably should be right when you're unlearning a whole bunch of shit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's probably more uncomfortable for, you know, the other people, like, I, I saw a post that was like, um, as hard as it is for you to say that it's difficult to learn someone's pronouns, it's probably harder for the person who's being misgendered. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I just, I also, it's just, you know, you think to, I mean, both you and I have young kids and it's amazing to see how much my kids just learning. I mean, they learn each other's pronouns. They use each other's pronouns. And my five-year-old said, she's like, but some days, you know, I know that that might change when that person's older and that's okay. It was just like, that's so incredible that you are learning these things at such a young age. And you Mm -hmm. are, I mean, if there is a discomfort, you're finding a way to negotiate it in your brain already, like, Mm -hmm. and recognizing that things change and, yeah, I'm going, I'm going off on, there's so many things that we could say, yeah. but this is our first time getting to actually talk back and forth. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, yeah. um, 
Absolutely. Like even when my brother transitioned um, at the time, my mom ran like an early learning center and he was really Mm -hmm. familiar with all the kids. And so the one day my mom was like, how do I kind of explain it? And she just kind of said it in a really simple way. And they were all like, okay, cool. Can we finish now? Yep. Kind of thing. And from there forward, it was John and he, him, like everything. And I was just like, it's just that reminder that like, um, any bias and prejudice is learned. So it's our responsibility to unlearn it. But for the people that haven't learned it yet, we can teach them the right right things Uh, to do. hundred, like a hundred million percent. Yes. Mm -hmm. So as a business owner, one of the things you said, um, not even just as a business owner, but you know, to be an ally, you have to be doing in the work, doing the work, putting Mm -hmm. in the work. What does the work look like, um, for you? Oh, that's such a good question. (laughs) Um, I think, you know, number one, like, as you say, I think it will look different for everyone because Mm -hmm. they recognize that, you know, like for me, my life is not surrounded. It's my life revolves around my family and my children. Um, So first and foremost, like the work starts with ensuring that they're accepting and, you know, compassionate, empathetic, anti-racist children or anti-transphobic, anti-sexist, right? Like Mm -hmm. that they, when it comes to any form of systemic discrimination, and I think too, like, there's a lot of people that feel like when you say, what, what, what is doing the work look like to you? Like, there's so many people that feel this daunting, like heaviness to it because systemic discrimination is friggin' heavy and daunting mm-hmm. and terrifying. And we can feel like we can't do anything to change it. But if we sort of break it down and remind ourselves that a lot of the unlearning and dismantling of those dis- systemic discriminations start at home, whether that's with your children or perhaps like talking with your parents or any like older relatives, like trying to start dismantling the, the learned prejudices and biases and and all of those forms of systemic discrimination I think that's a good start right Mm -hmm. and so that's something that we're actively doing at home Um, as a business I try my very best to as you said like amplify other voices uh, Mm -hmm. other than just my own I've really like over this pandemic I've it's hard because pre-pandemic you know I was able to get myself out there as like in a physical way, whether that Mm -hmm. be helping with protests or, you know, volunteering time. And those things have been challenged because of the pandemic. And it's not as easy to offer like physical Mm -hmm. volunteer um, time. But I think like as a business, it's as simple as amplifying other voices. So even when I use, like when I have models on my page, a ensuring that I, I'm doing my best and trying as hard as I can actively while we can't really, I mean, I shouldn't say we can't because by the time this comes out, who knows, everything could be totally open and, you know, all of this right. stuff has changed. But at this point right now, it, it's still, there's a lot of logistics to figure out to ensure that everyone feels safe to take part mm-hmm. in a photo shoot that would be unmasked and all of those things. So, um, I've been really working to ensure that my marketing, um, you know, includes people of 
all bodies, all, all types, like, and that's something that I continue to work on because it's not always easy uh, to, to just organize with every single, with every single person. Um, so yeah, that's, that's another thing, I guess, but, oh, we're, again, there's so many things to talk about, right? <laughs> but I think too, I do try to couple like any models that I do have, um, within marketing, I are sort of there to amplify whatever they're doing as well. So mm-hmm. even tonight, I'm, you know, a post that I'm sharing is one of my friends that, uh, is in BC. They just launched their queer owned vintage clothing store. I'm just lucky enough that they take really cool photos of themselves wearing my jewelry. So we kind of get to do a cross, you know, a cross post. And, mm-hmm. and so again, it's just those, like, I think that people get so terrified of like what doing the work is when it really isn't, it's not always like taking a thousand courses and reading a thousand books. It's yes, those things are very important, but also just remembering to include all the voices where you can, Right. Mm-hmm. In, invite all the voices to the table, whatever that proverbial table might be, whether it's your Instagram feed or, mm-hmm. you know, like for example, when we're planning markets, um, trying to ensure that it's not all the same vendors and that our vendors are as diverse as our community, things like that. That's awesome. Um, and I think that that is, goes back to kind of like the intent and impact even, because then you're like, you know, once you know, um, there's no excuse to do otherwise, but then, yes, right. Yes. Um, but then it also doesn't have to be like a big thing. You don't have to be like, oh, I know that I need to be more inclusive. So now I need to immerse myself in it and be really overwhelmed and not figure out where to go. Right. Um, you can listen to podcasts about it. You mm-hmm. can go on blogs and pages. And then, like you said, you can amplify the voices of other people. Yeah. Even if it's, you know, people that aren't in the room speaking of, you know, indigenous individuals, mm-hmm. black people, people of color. Mm-hmm. queer everything um yeah just making sure that it's all included yeah right mm-hmm. and and to me like there have been businesses again like that have asked me oh how do I do this how do I diversify my feed like well start by kind of I mean I don't know, look at your life, look at the things that you're already doing. And, and maybe that's where you need to start. It's not how do I diversify marketing or how do Mm -hmm. I include everyone in a picture? It's well, maybe it needs to start right with you and what you're choosing to consume and take part in or yeah. 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 That makes sense. (laughs) It does because otherwise it becomes like, oh, I need to be diverse and I see this a lot in like Black History Month and everything mm-hmm. is the tokenism and it's like yes. okay well I I've scrolled through my feed a little bit I don't have a black person let's toss one in there and then oh I you know what I haven't had a gay person this month so let's just throw one in there make sure he's posing um and things like that so I think it's really important that when people and companies are trying to diversify and to learn um that they're making sure that it's with like a conscious effort and they're learning while they go, because if you're Mm -hmm. not learning um, and it doesn't start with you, then anything you put out just becomes tokenism. Absolutely. I I couldn't agree more. And it's, as you say, like, I mean, that's small business, but that's also the education system. That's also, you know, corporate Canada, Mm -hmm. like it's everywhere. And I think, yeah, there's, it's just something that, I don't know. It's, it's truly something that, (laughs) 
yeah. 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 Um, one step at a time. We'll get there. Maybe. Exactly. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> right. Fingers right. crossed. And I think, as you say, it's just one of those, it's like, you just have to keep actively working at it. You don't take a, a one hour seminar and slap a badge on yourself. There, mm-hmm. There's more to it. And I think like, especially I speak to small businesses, like I'm speaking to small businesses specifically, but it could apply to anyone. It's just like, no, it's an active thing where you just keep, yeah. Like, you know, so many people, as you said, like we just came out of black history month, um, amplifying black businesses and buying black, like black owned goods. Amazing. Keep doing that. Like that's not just Mm -hmm. February. Those businesses are around buy their amazing things. Right. So yeah. It's not like, Oh, back to watering down the milk. Like, right. Exactly. So yeah. Uh, you had mentioned that you were a teacher and I can see that kind of reflected in your ability <laughs> to um, just be really receptive and understanding. And I feel like mm. you would be an amazing teacher. I'm oh, kind of jealous of any of your past <laughs> students, but what did you teach? Um, so I taught, um, sorry, I taught um, English and so I taught English literature and social science. So that's like the sociology, anthropology, psychology, Mm -hmm. Um, and then whatever other random smatterings they gave me, which was things like careers or civics or um, philosophy. That was that was a fun trip for everyone. (laughs) But I think like it was, it was incredible. I loved it. Um, It is the education system is a difficult one to work within. Mm -hmm. I think, especially when pushing change is your focus as like, I don't need to say that to really anyone that's ever been part of it. Right. Like, you know, Um, but it was incredible. And I'm so, you know, like I still keep in touch with my students because we worked through so many important, incredible things. And yeah. That's beautiful. I have a couple of teachers and like one of my librarians, I keep in touch with the things like that. That's amazing. Yeah. They're people that make such a profound impact on you. Yeah. And I think it's also, you know, it's funny, like you say they made an impact on you, but like the students make an impact on teachers as well. And it, it is funny when you get a chance to see them all grown up, like the, the, the business that I was talking about that just launched their vintage store. Like that was one of my previous students exciting because now we've come this full circle where we're both together in this yes. small business sphere learning together, but yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. awesome. What are things that you could translate from teaching into like, oh, I can bring this forward regardless of my career? Like, that's a good question. I try and figure that out all the time. Like when we talk about like transferable skills, Mm because as I taught careers, that was like a whole that we had to careers is a fascinating course because it's like a government mandated course so everyone has to teach the same thing but um yeah we had to talk about transferable skills and I mean really I think I've realized that transferable skills are the same from any job as long as you're attempting to do that job well like because I also worked in retail and fashion merchandising for many 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 years aren't so many things within that job that translated into teaching and helped me with organization and things like that. Um, but taking from teaching into small business, um, 
I really just find like, I'm, I'm not scared to talk about things anymore. Like there's so many businesses that are afraid to sort of stand up for what they believe in, but Mm -hmm. as a teacher, like where you kind of feel like it's your, I mean, it's literally your job to stand up for what is right within the classroom and the school. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whether that be bullying or discrimination, um, I think like, I'm just not afraid. I, I know what I think is right. And I don't really care if it pisses people off and they don't buy my things because of it. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. I think that's probably the biggest like thing that's sort of come with me from teaching. That's so good. Um, I like that responsibility piece of it essentially is just kind of like, you know, you recognize that it's your responsibility to teach right from wrong and to amplify that um, and then to take that with you and I know that one of the big things that becomes a barrier for a lot of business owners is um, you know well what if this drives away certain clientele and what if this you know lowers my sales and things like that and do you have any words of advice or guidance for people that are hesitant on doing the work and amplifying that stuff? Yeah. I mean, I think like I just wrote, I wrote a short blog about being like a values-based business because to me, I'm so rooted in my values and beliefs that I could never, I couldn't do anything without being guided by them. Right. So um, for me, I think, I guess I should say what really made me think about the, think about that uh, sort of that balance between losing customers and gaining the right ones, I should, right? Like losing mm-hmm. the customers I don't want and gaining yes. the ones that I 100% can stand behind. That was sort of where I made peace with it, where it's like, that's okay. If, mm-hmm. you know, like I have had to turn down customs that people have sent me because I don't know that I agree with what they're saying. And it's one of those, if there is even an ounce of possibility that this could be taken one way, then it's, uh, that's, that's just not something I want to ever reflect or come back on me, right. As a Mm -hmm. brand, as a business, as a person. And so I have had businesses ask me about that. And, and to me, I'm just sort of like, well, you know, in, in the long, in the short term, you may notice a difference in sales or followers or whatever views on your reels, but in the long term, you're building a business that you can feel confident in and like Mm -hmm. that you can, if you can respect it, then other people can respect it. Right. Like you can feel confident in what you're creating. And to me, that's worth more than anything else. So, yeah. And you don't want, you know, someone at uh, a rally um, rallying against something that you feel really strongly about wearing your pieces and sharing that with everybody Um, because then, you know, like you said, it reflects right back onto you. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And, you know, it's even, you know, there's certain like fashion designers that have been worn by say political figures that maybe not everyone aligns with. And those designers, I mean, yes, it it instantly links you and not Mm -hmm. in, not in sort of like a backdoor way. Like it is a visible marker that instantly links you. Mm -hmm. If you are someone that is creating, you know, like a product that can be worn and, and seen. So I think that's really important. And yeah, just that idea that like, you just have to be able to stand up for what you believe, but then at the end of the day, know that you stood up the way you want to and Mm -hmm. like the best way you could. So 
Yeah. So good. Um, I, that's, that makes total sense because yeah, it's like one of those things, like I can't tell what you're listening to. So maybe the music artist you listen to is someone that is really against black people, for example. Um, that's my easiest go-to example because I am black, (laughs) um, but say they're really like racist and things like that. I can't tell from what you're listening. So I can't associate the two, but if it's something that you're wearing, then you're like, Oh, that Mm -hmm. automatically will reflect. One hundred. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like whatever, someone could be burning a candle in their home that I would never be able to connect them, a brand and their beliefs, whatever, but people that when you can put your brand name and your like logo, whatever, when that is seen and connected directly to a person. Yeah. It better be, it better be like, I want to be connected to the people that I know are standing up for things that I believe in as well. So Absolutely. Um, One of the things that you had mentioned was that, um, and this kind of ties into that, is that when you are kind of adorning yourself with jewelry and things like that, you really want to represent um, kind of who you are and show that. And it's one of those things that um, I think is slowly becoming more popular. But for example, when I was growing up, all the headlines um, in the Cosmo magazines and everything like that was that, you know, black is slimming, everyone should wear black, whatever. So my entire closet growing up was all black. And half Mm -hmm. the time I didn't even like black. Like I was just like, yeah, sure. I'll (laughs) pretend I like it and think that I look good. And then kind of into adulthood, you know, I'd see someone pulling off a really vibrant outfit and be like, I love that. That brings me joy. And so now I'm like, I'm going to start doing that. So I try to reflect kind of how I'm feeling and what I want to say about myself and like my confidence through my clothes, my hair, my makeup, my jewelry. Um, Yeah. And so I think that that's really powerful. And do you find that a lot of people like that resonates with a lot of your clients and the people that your customers that you sell to? That's another really great question. I think, I hope it does. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I think that like, I'm, I'm going to be 40 this year, which is that big like marker. Right. (laughs) Well, it's one of those, right. It's that age that everyone says like, that's it. Like now it's that turning point. It's not like flirty 30. It's like, it's 40, right? It's got all of its other things attached to it. But I have decided that, you know, I'm still going to wear whatever the hell I want. And I, you know, like I, I'm going to wear what brings me joy because there is no specific clothing for an age, for a size, Mm -hmm. for a gender or, you know, whatever there's, it's just whatever makes you feel good. And I get so much joy out of clothing and jewelry and accessories that I hope that whatever I put out there, right? Like I love doing silly, like, well, they feel silly to me because it's just fun for me to do. Mm -hmm. That's what I should say. I love doing fun, you know, get ready with me reels, just outfit reels. No, I'm not selling clothes and I'm just selling jewelry, but I, I love clothes and I love an entire look. And so I think that like, I, or I should say, I hope that I project, um, I don't know, just a reminder to people that like age doesn't matter. Gender doesn't matter. Size doesn't matter. Like all of those things don't matter because all of that stuff that we were sort of told growing up 
or for sure me growing up, like there's no one way to look and Mm -hmm. it's all about how you feel. And yeah, I think it's one of those, I'm really reconciling it and really unlearning a lot of that stuff, right. Where it's like, you need to cut your hair. You no longer wear mini skirts over 30. You, you know, like, um, super sky high platforms are my jam and I've decided I'm like yeah I wear those like picking up the kids at school because I love them and I don't want to change that and I also think that it's amazing when people wear you know essentially like their slippers to go and pick their kids up that's awesome too do whatever feels good that day because the way you look only really matters to you it shouldn't Mm -hmm. matter to anybody else and I think that it can empower you so much and yeah yeah first of all and I hated when people said this to my mom because she gets the biggest ego boost but you do not <laughs> look for my boyfriend will be 40 this year and I'm like yeah. I make old jokes at him constantly <laughs> like I don't oh, know why we're still together and I love making the old jokes for myself <laughs> yeah. like because it's just it is it's such a reclamation like mm-hmm. of it where I I there's no one way to look a certain mm-hmm. age. Right. And, and I, I love it. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. loving it now. Like I used oh, to, yeah. I used to really hide it, like be ashamed, like, you know, like I remember being 27 and like wanting to not share my age because oh, it felt goodness. old Yeah, where it's just where those are the moments, like those are the moments where I look back and it's like, damn, I wish that I had have said to myself, why do I think this? Why mm-hmm. do I think this? Because those are the things I think to myself now. And right when we're talking about consciously unlearning, it's like when you say something that just is downright down on yourself or downright like down on somebody mm-hmm. else, ask yourself, okay, why is it that I'm thinking this? I'm hundred percent thinking this because someone along the line has told me to think that way. Yes. Because I don't feel old. I don't feel like I can't wear mini skirts. I don't feel these. So yeah. Yeah. All of that connects right back to that. It does. And I found this, someone had shared on Instagram, I believe it was Kenzie Brenna, but she shared like this chart and it was, um, it basically was just a bunch of circles and it was a circle for every like month or two months yeah. um, that you're alive from birth until like, say you're 90 and just looking like even like 50 and 60, I'm like, you still have so much to go. And I shared it with my family because I'm Mm -hmm. like, there's no timeline. There's no rush. You can do whatever. And like my grandmother is a perfect example of this because I never get her age right. Cause I always think she's younger than she is um, the same. I have no idea. Yeah. My mom, like I had no idea what, how old she was ever. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and so, but she, um, was very conservative and things like that. And now she just like, she'll sit there and talk to me about boobs in front of my dad. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like, no, no, no. Like, <laughs> that's my dad still like, and he's yeah. uncomfortable and I'm uncomfortable. She's like, I don't care. Um, and she, you know, went and she scaled a building, uh, for a fundraiser oh and she got a gosh. tattoo and like all these yep. things. I'm like, you are exactly what I want to be. Um, right. and so like people like her and people like you make me excited to get older mm-hmm. because it's not like, it's not like, um, you know, it's not like a food that kind of slowly goes bad over time. No, it's like one of those things, like 
wine um yes it just gets better you just get better better. yeah you get the more comfortable you get and that's like again to connect everything it's like the more comfortable you get with being uncomfortable the more comfortable you get with just doing whatever you want as long as you know you're not hurting anyone or harming it like all of those things that only gets easier with age and so you know like you see to me I'm just like yeah this is like one of my favorite ages I've ever been even though my twenties were fun. This, I I love it because now I'm so comfortable in everything I do, even the times where I'm super uncomfortable and I'm unsure. And yeah, so I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Bring on the aging. It's not changing. So (laughs) it's not going anywhere. And like one of the things that you said is even like the dressing for others, like they say, you can't wear this and all of this. Um, but if it makes you comfortable and you're confident in it, like absolutely go for it. Because like I found, um, and this pandemic was a really perfect example of that for me, because I'd be going to work and I'd still contour the bottom half of my face and wear lipstick and then slap on a mask and be like, Oh, Mm -hmm. no one can see this. It's for me. When I go in the bathroom and pull down my mask, I'm like, damn girl, you're right. Exactly. Um, Exactly. And just, you know, thinking to like bringing up the pandemic and the fact that we've all all lived online for the mm-hmm. last two years. And I should say, I am making a generalization. So many of us have lived online mm-hmm. in some respect, whether that be social life or the merge of like social familial and work life. Right. Mm-hmm. So one, again, one of the things that I'm trying to do is like, I'm trying to not use filters anymore because the entire pandemic, I, I was like, Ooh, this is a fun filter. Right. right. And then you look, and even I was looking back on pictures of myself thinking, Oh, I looked so good. Like what has happened? And then it's like, Oh yeah, that's a filter that augmented not just my face, but my skin tone, yes. my pores, everything. Right. And so I think again, it's like, let's get comfortable with actually like being ourselves in every every way. Um, Oh, and then that was actually just an aside, because what I was also going to say was, you know, going back to being comfortable in your own, like your own skin, your own being like, I had a friend who said, I just, you know, whenever she she said, I don't know how you spend so much time on social media, which I was like, well, part of it is because I make money from being on there. Yeah, Yeah. It's part of my job, which that's, it's a fun part in a lot of respects, but um, you know, for her as someone that is just going on casually, she's like, whenever I go on, I just feel bad about myself. I'm like, ew, why? Mm-hmm. She's like, well, because, you know, I'm looking at, I'm looking at celebrities. I'm looking at all these people that are, you know, so flawless. And I was like, then unfollow them. Exactly. Like, you don't need, right. This is so different from where we were or how we understood media. Even 10 years ago, mm-hmm. we have the opportunity to curate the images that we see or the body image that we like, we can curate body image for ourselves now. And for me, it's like, I have a wide range of people in my feed that remind me that there's no one way for a body to look. And like, there's no one way for an aging body to look or a young body to look. And it has been so freeing, liberating, and just, I, I don't know, it's changed everything. Because for me, like, of course, after having two children, like, your body changes drastically and that's hard. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying that any of that was easy. There's lots of like, there's lots of days where, you know, your thinking is very like it's low and you're not, you're Mm -hmm. not, I'm not good with myself, but, or at least I should say I wasn't. 
But then when you start to, I don't know, just see how beautiful the confidence of other people are without Photoshop, without, you know, all these filters, all of these things, it's like, yeah, I feel like it can be very empowering. Social media can really change that and like flip the script if you want it to. Mm-hmm. And that curating your feed is so essential. And it's something that even took me forever to learn because I, like your friend, I was sitting there and I was like, oh, like, you know what, maybe I should follow this person and try to do their workouts and diet. Right. Oh, I should try to dress like that. And I'm like, what am I doing? Hold on. And I was like going through who I follow. And I was like, does your feed bring me joy or teach me something? Mm -hmm. Nope. Unfollow. And exactly. Some people take it super personally. I'm like, here's the thing. Um, like even if it's someone that I know in person, sometimes I'll just mute it instead if I don't Mm -hmm. have the conversation, Mm -hmm. but, um, either way, it's like, it's not a personal offense. I'm not personally attacking you by not following your content. It's more just, this doesn't resonate with me. This isn't, um, feeding into what I want to feed my, my body right now. So Mm -hmm. it just can't like, there's a line there that I'm not going to cross. Um, yep. And so it's like a personal boundary that's so important 100. to uphold. Mm-hmm. And I think too, people can say like, oh, well, it's just social media. This is such like, this is a superficial conversation, but no, I mean, not the world we're living in right now. Mm-hmm. And I think like letting, you know, having children growing up in this, like it's one of those things I used to let my kids go on and like, we'd play with filters not anymore. Like, I'm like, no, Mm -hmm. you're going to get there. You're going to get there on your own. I'm in no way encouraging this. Like, that's not to say yes, cute, like puppy ears, all that stuff. Yeah. Tiger across the room, go for it. Right. All of those things are fun, but it's one of those where, you know, if you and I are speaking about this as such a huge part of our lives right now, 10 years from now, when my kids are 15 and oh my gosh, 18. Oh my gosh. It's wild. Right? I was like, oh my God, I would have a 10 year old. <laughs> right. I know. But yeah. it's, it's just, it's, it's, where is this going to go? Because if we think of where we were 10 years ago, oh my goodness, like our Facebook memories, where I used to think of oh. photo was like the highest quality yes. and it was like the best content and you just cringe at everything. Yeah. But right. Yeah. Like, things have changed so much, but it, it doesn't show a sign of slowing. It doesn't show a sign of changing. So I think it's a really important conversation conversation to have. And yeah, I never, I never have yeah. a good segue because it's just like, and it's important We're it's just, it is it's very it's important point blank. You don't even need to <laughs> yeah. like continue with that. Cause you're like, that's, that's the whole point, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, and it's a struggle because like most of my work is on social media, 99% of my networking and how I've connected with people and gotten where I am from social media and things like that so it's definitely one of those things that like I want to be able to teach even my like younger siblings or even my older siblings Mm -hmm. um and my son one day and things like that that like there is positives to it and it gives you Mm -hmm. the ability to learn absolutely anything you want to from people that are experts in that field um yeah there's so much power that yeah is held there. And so you don't have to just kind of limit yourself to, oh, I got to follow celebrities because they're popular and be up to date on pop culture. If that's not your thing, then you don't have to force it. Um, and exactly. It, no one's going to be like, oh, look who this person follows. What losers? They follow all positive accounts that are so nice right. and wholesome, you know? Um, so yeah, it's, it's, one of those things that comes back to like the educating yourself and what mm-hmm. are you doing behind the scenes to continue being an ally, right? Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I feel like I could talk to you 
forever. <laughs> I know this. I, I really just like, as we were just talking, it's like, oh yeah, shit, we're recording this. This just yeah. feels like we're hanging out and I love it. I know. <laughs> Me too. I was like, dang, could we play on part two? Um, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll, uh, we'll have you on our podcast. You oh my gosh. I would love that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. I will. <laughs> um, what part of your story do you think is important for others to hear? Oh, um, I mean, I think that for me, I'm, I'm a pretty open book with people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I've said this and, and I'll be on it like this, my story, I'm very open, like whether it was in teaching or on social media, like I've gone through a lot of loss in the last 10 years. Um, my family, I, me and my partner lost uh, a child, which was difficult. And we mm-hmm. still continue to work through that super open about it because that was part of what was really hard for me was that people were so closed. About uh, they, it. Yeah. And they, and, and it is one of those, I understand that there are going to be reasons why some people can't talk about it, but um, it's also, it was really hard to feel like there was no one to talk to because mm-hmm. you feel so you feel so isolated um so you know that loss I had the a sudden loss of my mom it was completely out of nowhere and very um very public like I mean as a family like we're we were we have lots of friends there's mm-hmm. I have four sisters there's lots of us and and it was very weird to lose someone um within a community where you know you just I don't know. Everybody wants the dirt and sometimes Mm -hmm. there isn't any dirt. It's just grief and you don't want to, you don't want to talk about it. But at the same time, um, I'm really open about the fact that loss sucks and um, you need a community and you need to find a community. And so I'm always sort of that person to say, if you ever want to talk to me, I'm here. Right. And um, when it came to this business, that was sort of, I was very open about those two big losses because I think jewelry can really commemorate and memorialize people. Um, And I've made some of my closest friends just through like custom work that we realized we have these connections of loss and grief and healing. And um, yeah, I think, but on the flip side of that, like there's so much healing that can come from loss that like helps you grow into a whole new person. And I know that that's sort of, I know that that's where I'm at. I'm on some kind of a journey (laughs) growing Mm -hmm. from the loss. And I, that's sort of how you kind of, or how I have rectified it or continue to try and rectify it. Yeah. You have such a beautiful like soul. I'm trying oh, to think of the correct wording. Oh my goodness. But, well, thank you. <laughs> like, is it too soon to say I love you? <laughs> no, um, no, no. Perfect. I love you too. <laughs> perfect. Um, because I think that that's the whole reason I started this podcast. There were so many stories that I was like, you know, I was like, I feel like I wish I could talk to someone about this, mm-hmm. or I wish I could Google and find someone talking about this because I feel so alone. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, I'm just going to talk about it and put it out there. And even if no one hears it, it's out there. And if someone needs it, they'll stumble across it and it'll find it. Right. And I think everything. like, and it, it is, it's wild. Like I, I don't really remember how I came across your podcast, but it, it's true. It's like just listening to people's stories, whatever the version, you know, whatever, I shouldn't say version, whatever their story is sort of rooted in could be so different from mine but just hearing people share them it's huge like oral history is huge and podcasts are so exciting 
for um, sort of like the dissemination of it again, like mm-hmm. we're no longer, you don't have to tune in at a specific time. It's like, we have it at our fingertips whenever we need to want to. And yeah, the connections have been amazing. So, you know, just saying it right back to you, like you, your willingness and I don't know, you're just, your drive to share stories is so important because they are, it's, it's important to share. And yeah. I love you too. Thank you. (laughs) That's beautiful. My boyfriend's going to be jealous. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's Um, okay. (laughs) So where can anyone listening that's also in love with you find or support you? Um, so as you said, I am going to be launching a podcast while you and I are recording this, we'll be launching it next week. So it'll be out and it'll be ready on all streaming platforms. It's called sidetracked with Abby and John it's a B B I E Abby and John J O N, which we realized like after we put this out that we're like, Oh, people don't always spell names like that so we have especially I mean names in general we just never spell them all the same but anyways so sidetracked with Abby and John and then when it comes to jewelry I am at Abby Darling Customs on Instagram and Facebook and then my website is abbydarlingcustoms.com Perfect. I'll include all of that in the show notes below. Um, thank you. Thank you so, so much for this conversation. Um, I think I fall in love with you more every time I talk to you. Uh, I, I've said that I like mean, five times in the past well, five minutes. So, you know. <laughs> uh, well, it's, I'll, I'll never get sick of hearing it, but this has been the best. And I knew it would be the best conversation, but I... I was also looking like at the time, cause I'm just like, oh my gosh, are we going to be able to fit everything in? Like, I feel like you and I could just talk for literally days yeah. and yeah, we'll have, have to, to do set part, up a part two and two. three. <laughs> yeah. Totally. <laughs> thank you. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me and I really appreciate it and I love everything you do. So thanks. My pleasure. 